Nation. It's time for the show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. You know him as the athletic director of Central Catholic, uh, but he is also the skipper of that uh, boys' baseball team that's going back to the state championship again. They're looking to repeat. He is on with us here to talk about uh, what that journey has been like and what to expect on Saturday. Um, yeah, always, always great to talk with him. And somebody that's been able to do as consistently as he has, um, you know, you got to like to listen to what he has to say on his team, how he develops the team, what he looks for. Good talk. Great guy. We're going to take uh, let, we'll take a turn here. Let's do like we always do. Need to know news. Here's your need to know news. All right, Cubs going to open up a series against the Central Leading Pirates tonight. Uh, Jameson Tyon's going to take on his old club. Uh, Ortiz will oppose him. There is a lot of rain in the forecast that's been going on throughout the day. Questions about maybe getting this one in tonight. Don't know how wet the field has gotten up there. I'll be honest with you. I'm doing like all the research, like Dinger Tuesday, things like that. And, you know, I see James and Tyon. Like, hey, that, that, gets, that gets my attention a little bit. But maybe want to let this one go tonight. He is getting rocked. By lefties. I mean, badly. 303. He gives up more homers on that side of the plate. His ERA at home this season is also up over eight. It's 8.27. And you've got to win 15 miles an hour out to right field. That is a recipe for disaster against left handers. But with the rain and the cool conditions, you know, that negates it a little bit still. And, of course, he just got his first win of the season last Friday. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe they want to let this one go. We'll see what happens. Uh, but, yeah, rain could definitely play a factor there. That uh, first pitch is scheduled for 8.05. But it has been raining a lot of Meanwhile, the Southsiders out in sunny L.A. Lance Lynn taking on Tony Gonsolin. In his last two starts, Lance Lynn has given up 16 hits, 13 runs, and four homers. That's another pitcher getting rocked by lefties. They're tagging him for 362 at the plate, 12 homers. So 362 and 12 homers against lefties. Righties are hitting 214 and four homers. Big difference, right? Might be Max Muncy and Freddie Freeman and David Peralta time on the betting card tonight. 
Flyboys, they struggled last night against the Pistol Shrimp 5-2. A, a three-run top of the fifth inning by the old Pistol Shrimp. Uh, that broke the 2-2 tie and gave them the W. Tonight's game, according to their Twitter account, is still on as of right now at Loeb. And they're planning on taking on Chillicothe. Four-star safety Luke Williams out of Illinois committed to the Boilers yesterday. In an interview with Golden Black, uh, Tom Deanhart uh, talked to him and said, the kid said uh, it felt like it was the best environment for him. His brother Zeke recently transferred too as a walk-on to Purdue, which is a good sign. It got captured via a picture yesterday. Mick Walker for 20, uh, 24-7 had a picture of him FaceTiming and celebrating. You love to see it. Kid had some offers, too. It sounded like it was between him and Illinois. And anytime you're going to snatch somebody that's down between us and Illinois, oh, you know it's going to fuel that fire over there in Champagne. I'll take it. I'll take it. Let's go. That's a big-time get. Apparently, they're looking at... Taylor's listed as an athlete, but I guess they're going to play him more as a free safety, maybe line him up in the slot at times. But I'll take that talent. That's a great get for the coaching staff. You love to see it. And there you go. That is today's Need to Know News for this Tuesday the 13th. Yo, it's been uh, it's been a little quiet today. And if we're being real, we haven't had a whole lot... Oh, everybody's waking up to this uh, baby Gronk stuff that uh, his dad's a little out of pocket here. Which I think I talked about on Friday. Remember he came, he got to do the Purdue photo shoot and stuff. Everybody had been doing this. And then over the weekend, the uh, the athletic article came out. We're all like, Ugh. We do have a possibly deciding game in the uh, Stanley Cup final tonight. Vegas is up 3-1. to one. So we go to game five out in Vegas, eight o'clock tonight. And Denver wins the NBA title last night. Jokic looked like he could care less. I think I kind of dig that. But that's about it. It's just a little quiet today. That's all right. Uh, we want to get after it again uh, here with the uh, winner because last night, De La Cruz over five. Yeesh. Bro, what happened? Ugh. Don't want to talk about it. But we can get after it again here tonight. Uh, I know some of you like Dinger Tuesday, which is a great promo here. Uh, over on DraftKings, two-run early uh, win on your money line tonight for uh, any baseball money line. Uh, you know my criteria with that. I'm trying to look for somebody in plus money that I feel like could get up early and that can pay out. So I'm looking at all my underdog chances. There's not a lot of one-sided games tonight. There's a lot of minus 110s or, you know, plus 110 to minus 130. There's no way I can back the Nationals plus 225 on the road with Corbin on the mound at Houston. Absolutely not. Jalen Beeks is going to be one of those quick openers for Tampa Bay against Oakland. 
I don't know if Oakland could take advantage that quickly. But a plus 180 could be a candidate. I don't like Cleveland against San Diego tonight. I don't know that I like the White Sox against the Dodgers tonight. There's just not... You can take advantage of the promo and go right ahead. I just... I don't... I don't see anything that I really like. It's okay. you got to be picky sometimes. What I do like here... Look, I know... Now, some means are looking for a homer tonight. I had to make a homer pick because it is Tuesday. I'm going with Vladdy. Vladdy Jr. Listen to this. Dude's hitting 271 against right-handers this season, which is much lower than his 351 he hits against lefties. He also only has two homers in the last 21 days. But why do I like him? Because two metrics line up for him tonight. All of nine of Vladdy's homers come against right-handed pitching, which he's facing tonight. And all nine of his homers also come on the road, which is where he's at. He's out in Baltimore, where the wind is blowing out here, five miles an hour out to center. He is a 341 lifetime hitter in Baltimore. He faces Dean Kramer, who despite a 6-3 and record, still has an ERA of almost five. Vlad is 375 lifetime against him. He has six hits, four of them are homers, and he just homered against them the other day. There are not a ton of great... I would love to take like a Sawitzki or Reynolds or some lefty for Pittsburgh tonight out in Chicago. But conditions being what they might be, I'm not too confident. Despite the wind, and the cold does a lot to that ball. And the wet conditions... I'm I'm out on that game. If you want to get in on that game, I will give you a plus money bet that could possibly hit. They have not settled, as far as I can tell, they have not settled in the final lineups yet. Have they for the Cubs? I'll check the Twitter here in a second. But there is a certain Cub that has been struggling and he's a plus money today. Plus 110 Patrick Wisdom under a hit. I'm shocked. You go back and you take a look at Patrick Wisdom's numbers over the past, oh my gosh, like just three weeks, four weeks. He has five hits in the last three weeks. He's hitting 111. In the last two weeks, he's hitting 067. That's a bingo number. Good Lord. 30, uh, 33 plate appearances, 30 at bats. He has two hits in his last 30. And it's plus money. And it's a game that, you know, if there does end up being some late evening rain, could shorten this thing, and you could still get paid off that, too, if it becomes an official game. Luis Ortiz, a righty. He is hitting righties worse than he is lefties. 183 on the season. 
At home, he's hitting 152. All of his worst metrics are lined up for tonight. Ortiz isn't terrible. Right, he's hit 254 off of him. But he has been worse on the road. But his K, his K per 9 on the road is like 10. Oof. This is a tough one. But a plus money? Like, he just got rocked by Oakland. He had a bad outing in Oakland against Oakland at home. Pirates got swept in that series, so it wasn't just on him. Gave up one against St. Louis. Three against Seattle. Two runs against Texas. Three runs in Detroit. Two runs in Colorado. He does let the contact get there, though. Ten hits against Oakland, one against St. Louis, but then five against Seattle and Texas and seven against Detroit and Colorado. I'm just saying, it is plus money. I don't know if he's going to get the start. Nothing seems to be set in stone just yet. But if he does get the start, you can make the bet, boom. If he doesn't start, well, then you're going to get your bet back anyway. It's just amazing to me that he leads the team in home runs with 14. But the batting average has just been so bad. I think in the last 10 games, eight of them he's been hitless. That's something, man. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, If you need the home run pick, I go with Vlad tonight. We'll see if we can nail that. I'll probably go ahead and sprinkle. I'll put a little bit down on Wisdom tonight. Let's see if we can't get him to uh, get the start and not get the hit. We'll play the stats on that one. But I like Vlad tonight. Look, if you want to be more conservative, that's totally cool, too. Uh, I I would think Vlad on the uh, hits runs in RBIs, he's got to be over one and a half on that, right? I love this. And, and DraftKings is the only one that offers that, too, by the way. He's over two and a half on that one for even money. That might be a little bit hard. But I do like the lefties tonight against Lance Lynn. I mean, that's another place where I feel like you can pick up something here. Because, you know, hits. Man, Freddie Friedman, I, I don't like taking multiple hits. One hit is great. I tend to stay away from that. If you want to get into bases, you know, over one and a half bases, Peralta is... A lefty in what he's over one and a half at plus 140. I mean, that is pretty solid right there at plus 140. Of course, he's not getting as many attempts. He's a little bit farther down. How many times has he cleared that line in the last, I don't know, this month? Let's see here. There's one, uh, two, three. Four, five. So we're talking uh, five of his last uh, two, four, six, seven, five of his last seven, the plus 140. That should have your attention a little bit.
So yeah, it, it's him, it's Muncie, and um, Freddie Freeman. Take a look at those three, even if you just played like hits, but again, some of these guys are going to be over one and a half hits, and I absolutely hate that. I know a lot of people like um, J.D. Martinez tonight. Maybe you could take out Freddie Freeman and put in J.D. I mean, the man is really just hitting for power, too. If I took it out and I gave you those three, that's not bad. You're close to you're close to even money on that. So that's what I'm, that's what I'd be looking at tonight. Lefties uh, to make some contact against Lance Lynn. Uh, if you need a home run pick, I'll go with Laddie Jr. There. I don't have any great upset picks. It's not a great night for baseball. I don't think yesterday was very good either. We had that short little um, short little lineup. And there weren't a whole lot of great matchups. Like, you're overpaying for the Braves. Even with Spencer Strider on the mound, I don't like to get these 200s. I think the Blue Jays had the best value tonight at minus 120, uh, taking on the Orioles. That might be the pick of the night. Let's put that on the card. I could, I could take that at minus 120. I feel like I've done a little due diligence on that one. Go ahead and give me that. Like, Mets and Yankees are missing their biggest bats. I want to get into that. Brewers and Twins are a coin flip. Uh, St. Louis and the Giants is a coin flip. Pirates and the Cubs, Lord even knows that that game's going to go off. Astros are minus 250. Reds and Royals, coin flip. There's just not, there's not a great, there's not that one great game where you feel like, hey, I can take advantage of this one right here. I mean, even Dodgers are just like, what, are they minus 200 going in this one? I mean, they'll probably win that game against the Sox. But still, man, oof, hard to grind out some profit tonight. You have to get into the props to do that. All right, we're going to take a break. Don't you go anywhere. We come back. It's uh, our good buddy Tim Bournay. He is the uh, manager of the Central Catholic Boys baseball team. They're going to state this Saturday against Bar Rave. You'll hear from them next. This is the Hammer Down Show. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show. 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. We're going to go over to our Hammerhead hotline. Uh, this man is, uh, just call him Mr. Indiana Baseball. I'll tell you what, Tim Bordenay, he is the uh, skipper for Central Catholic Baseball. Back to the state championship for the umpteenth time. Uh, again, here looking to be back-to-back champions, Coach. Hey, great to have you on as always. I always love our conversations what we get to have during football season. But then, you know, uh, here we are back again with baseball. You guys find yourself back at Victory Field this Saturday. Um, you're making a habit of this, aren't you? Well, uh, you know, we we like to go down there and play. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, that's that's always our goal. Our, always our goal in the season in Victory Field, and uh, you know, we're very fortunate to be able to get back and have that opportunity again this year yeah uh great wins uh, over the weekend over rossville and uh, westdale to uh put you there the the one thing and we talk about a lot of this with uh you know coach nay and stuff and coach o'shea when he was there uh during the football season that one of the advantages that you guys always seemingly have is 
you have that experience. So the moment doesn't get too big, I think, for your kids very often because they've had this level of success and they know what the routine is like. Uh, they're they're used to going down, playing in that ballpark. I mean, to have a guy like you know you know Mazer on the mound for you that's already gone and won you a state championship uh, uh, pitching to not have those nerves, I think uh, that's huge, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think that'll be a big big plus for us. You know, we have eight of our starters uh, started last year in the state championship game. Ben Ben Mazer was on the mound, uh, so so they know what those nerves are going to feel like. Um, you know, when the game starts, really, when the game starts, though, at, at, you know, after that first first inning, especially, settle in, and it's just like any other game, and and our guys know that, and uh, our our regular season schedule definitely prepares us as well. We play a lot of larger schools, um, a lot of teams that are better than us, and uh, force us to to rise rise uh, our game up and. And uh, find ways to to be competitive and 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 win some of those games. Uh, you know, we we lost 11 games this year, but um, you know, I don't I don't feel like any of those losses were bad losses. I mean, they were all against against really good solid clubs. And um, you know, our our goal is always the postseason. You know, the regular season is just preparation uh, to make a tournament run. And and uh, no doubt, our our regular season schedule helped us. This year and our experience playing in the state finals last year, uh, uh, I think will be a big, big advantage for us. Yeah, you talk about playing some of those bigger schools. What's that phone call like? As you are the athletic director too, what's that phone call to Carmel? And you're like, hey, we would like to schedule you. And they, they go, wait, hold on a second. You're, you're one A, right? You, you're still one A. You realize that, right? And you're like, yeah, no, we, we, we want this. Uh, we can hang with you, kind, you know, you with you guys. Um, yeah, you're right. You guys didn't shy away from that in a big tournament to get started out there too. Uh, you know, with some Illinois teams, uh, a big team from Tennessee as well, yeah. to get you prepared for that. I mean, you know, you can't you can't just play small schools all the time and expect to get better. I mean, you got to play some of the best in the state to to continue to end up in the position you're in here, and that's playing a victory field on Saturday. Absolutely. You know, we we started the season uh, down in in Tennessee in a tournament. We played two large Illinois schools and two large Tennessee schools, and and came back one and three, uh, but uh, felt like we were a lot better when we got back from that tournament than uh, than we were when we went down there, and uh, definitely helped us throughout the season. And um, you know, seeing seeing great pitching is 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 the key because in the tournament you see everybody's number one, and so the the more uh, number one type pitchers you can see during the regular season, uh, just just helps you in the in the postseason. We're talking with Tim Bournet. He is the uh, manager here of the uh, Central Catholic Boys Baseball Team. They will be competing uh, in the state championship this weekend down at Victory Field. Talk about where this team started at. Obviously in a good place because, like you said, you returned eight starters uh, from that state championship game last year and you won. But uh, talk about the growth from this team from you know when you started out and that tournament down in Tennessee uh, to where you're at now. Uh, where were the biggest strides made? What were the things that you guys focused on? Uh, in the beginning of the season, and, and how did you guys do in, in accomplishing those goals and getting better? Well, you know, we, we had to sprinkle in a few new guys, and uh, um, Hudson Gutwein has, has played the majority of the year at third base for us. Uh, he's a sophomore. Uh, he's continu- continually gotten better throughout the season and is, is playing really solid. He was our 
our player of the week this this past week and in in, for our semi-state uh, made made some great plays defensively at third and had a had a, a big hit in the morning game against against West Dell and then had a big sack fly to tie the ball game up in the bottom of the sixth uh, against Blackhawk in the championship and then uh, uh, Jackson Kane another sophomore uh, who started about three fourths of the season last year before he had a hand injury um, behind the plate. Um, he's he's really had a great year for us and has come on and and obviously the guys that that, that played last year in the in the state championship game have have had really good years. Uh, ben Mazur's been pretty dominant on the mound, especially in the tournament here. I think one thing that's helped him in the tournament is he he was a, he was more fresh going in this year than he was in years past. We tried to keep his innings down throughout the regular season and and you know didn't pitch him more than once a week during the regular season. I think that's really helped him. His stuff's been really good in the in the postseason. You know, all these names that you're throwing out at me, I, I, I like to point out these are all multiple sport athletes at Central Catholic as well. I, I think that's important these days because, you know, there was an era where, at least when I was in high school, we talked about the early 2000s where they wanted you to specialize in, in a sport. And now I think there's a little bit more of a push. Hey, you should be playing multiple sports. And I think that's definitely beneficial uh, for the programs. But, yeah, I, I would say what a majority of your kids probably play multiple sports there, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. You know that's that's always been the key to our success uh, in all of our sports. You know, we we want our athletes to play as many sports a, as they can, and and uh, nothing substitutes competition. You know, the guys that play one sport year round, they they may get better with their skill set, but you can't substitute competition, and it doesn't matter what sport it is. Um, and and I think that competition really. Uh, playing that, playing competitively throughout the year really makes a big difference in the postseason. You know, when the when, the, when there's a lot of pressure and there's and the, and the moment's big and, and and you've experienced a lot of pressure um, in, in multiple sports. That that definitely helps, and that's I think that's always been a key to our success here at CC. Tell me a little bit about what you know about Bar Reef. Um, what, what kind of team are they? Um, what worries you about them? Kind of give me a little bit of a, a preview of what to expect on Saturday. Uh, Bar Reeve, I mean, they're solid in every aspect of the game. Uh, Their pitchers have tremendous control. They don't beat themselves. Uh, they really put stress uh, on, on their opponent's defense with everything they do offensively. They bunt the ball extremely well, uh, probably better than – not probably. They, they do bunt the ball better than anybody we've seen all year. Um, and and they'll bunt in every in any situation, and uh, they have some very athletic kids. So we're going to have our hands full. I mean, obviously they've won 28 games in a row, um, so they're doing a lot of a lot of things right, and they they have they have some players. So um, we're we're going to definitely have our hands full, but we we uh, cherish the opportunity. Now you get to play in some pretty nice stadiums along the way here, specifically places like Lowe. But you know you go down to Victory Field. Does that provide any kind of special challenges based on you know what you've seen throughout the years, or uh, is there any kind of difficulty things that you have to focus in on that's a little bit out of the norm of what you normally experience uh, during the tournament and during the regular season? I think just the the, the biggest thing that we need to to uh, the, the, or the biggest difference is probably the the size of the field. You know, just it's it's very similar to, to Loeb. That we played in last last Saturday, which was which was good for us, uh, but you know our, your outfielders have to make 
make uh, good reads on balls in the gaps and, and take good angles and not let the ball get past them because it's extra bases and if that happens. And uh, But other than that, you know, it's, it's obviously a great surface. You know, the ball plays true. Um, it's a great, great setting. Uh, it's just the size of the stadium, I think, is the biggest, biggest adjustment. Tim Bournet, the Central Catholic Knights. Again, this is 4.30 on Saturday uh, down at Victory Field. You can pick up tickets. You can also watch it on Valley Sports Indiana if you uh, do get that. If you go to ihsatv.org, uh, you can uh, stream it. Uh, it's $15 on the uh, pay-per-view as well. PutMeInSports.com has a radio call for it as well. And CZ does a great job, too. If uh, you want to get yourself a state finals uh, shirts, uh, you can pick those up as well. Um, and I love the banners around town, too. That's the best part. It, it's great to see that kind of support in the community, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, we have uh, we have a great fan base here at, at Central Catholic. Uh, you know, uh, we, we have a lot of success in a lot of sports, so sometimes um, it's, it's easy to get complacent. But uh, come state finals, uh, our, our fans really, really, really show out, and uh, our, our, our kids get excited for to, to see that support. Tim Bordenay, CC Knights, again, uh, best of luck in the state championship here, and then won't you know it, it'll be uh, about a month and a half, and we'll start talking football and stuff with you again. Are you already prepared for the fall season, or does that still feel like it's miles away? No, I think I think you're always prepared, you know, try, trying, to, trying to stay ahead of the game. Uh, uh, hopefully, get a get a few weeks off here in in July and uh, be ready to get at, get back after it in in the uh, first of August. That guy might have, even take a little vacation. You never know; he might get crazy in his few weeks that he doesn't <laughs> have to do that much. <laughs> you may be the busiest man in local athletics, my friend. Hey, thank you so much. Best of luck this uh, Saturday. Go win another title. Hey, I appreciate it, Jared. Thank you for all you, all that you do. Since they try to repeat as uh, state champions this saturday all right uh big get yesterday we talked about the top of the show four star uh luke uh, luke williams out of naperville pulls the trigger says i'm coming to west lafayette it was thought to be between us and illinois he makes the call the the facetime actually gets um snapped here by uh folks at camp yesterday and Coach seemed pretty darn happy about this. By the way, Kevin Kane, defensive coordinator, has already uh, tweeted out a little bit of a bat signal here in the last, like, 40 minutes or so. So maybe another one coming? We'll see. <laughs> I mean, they're really firing here. You look at the class, and you bring in Williams here, who they have listed as a wide receiver. He plays both ways at uh, Naperville, but um, they're looking at him to be a free safety uh, when he comes here to Purdue. But with that, I'm going by on three here. They put Purdue now 30th in the national rank, up from 57th with this. Eighth in the Big Ten. You're looking at what, depending on how you want to slice this, if you want to cherry pick a little bit, you could say this is the third four-star in the new class. Uh, the quarterback, the value is a, is a four-star guy by just about everybody except for ESPN because, well, they're ESPN. Um, Williams is a composite score four-star guy. 
ESPN and On3 don't have them as that. On3 is like right there. 24-7 has a four-star on them. You can bump it up to a four-star. Jaheim Merriweather um, has got a four-star ranking from On3, uh, but not quite there on the other three. So, I mean, if you want to cherry pick here. You could say three, four-star guys, which is a pretty darn good start to this recruiting class, the first big one here uh, for Coach Walters and company. No surprise, though, that uh, we're talking about guys on the defensive side of the ball coming in and making a big change. I mean, you know, we've discussed this, that um, things will change a little bit in West Lafayette on the defensive side of the football, and not in that weird Bob Diaco way that nobody wanted to see where we went to a 3-4 without the personnel to do the 3-4. I mean... Maybe a little bit of a different emphasis here. A little different style of play. You know, I had a buddy who sent me a um, a tweet yesterday that I, I absolutely loved. And it was these numbers on programs last year. Six Power 5 teams ran cover zero more than 100 times in 2022. You know who led the way? Illinois, 119 snaps at cover zero. Woo! You want to bring it? You want to put those guys on an island? Let's go! But you got to have the corners to do it. You got to have the talent to do it. And if that's the way it's going to go, I 100% I let's go. Let's welcome it. Now, again, I have said this multiple times on this program. Your these rankings and these stars, quite honestly, don't mean a damn. They don't. We have four services that are trying to cover thousands of players across the country. Nobody watches all the tape. Nobody gets to every one of these um, camps and stuff. There's still some guesswork. It is much more about how you develop. Now, don't get me wrong. I, you know, the probably the top 100, you're probably in the ballpark with most of them. Now, whether or not they finish the top 100, eh, that's a whole different. That's a whole different thing. But honestly, you look at. Look at the national rank. People are going to go, well, you're still eighth in the Big Ten. But, you know, there's a volume of recruits that goes into that. It's not necessarily who's got the best recruits. It's, you know, there's a. The more you have, the better off you are. And some people really revel in, in, in the class ranking. Uh, you just may have a few more people than somebody else, and then if you don't develop them, and they're not the right guys for you, and if they transfer out in a year or two, then what was the point? That's why I don't revel in these, uh, you know, 30th national rank or 8th in the Big Ten. I'm, I'm not focused on that. Focus on guys who can come in, make an impact, and I'm also focused on these relationships that the coaching staff is building because it is going to, this is a relationship game now. Not that it wasn't to a degree before, but 
It's not just about getting these kids now. It's about holding on to these kids, not letting them flip beforehand. And when they get there, you know, keeping whatever promises that you've made and wanting them to not think the grass is greener someplace else. So far, so good for this staff. It has to translate on the field. But if you can have some darn good personnel, that gives you a, a pretty good fighting chance now, doesn't it? So, yeah, I was excited to see this, excited for the coaching staff. I love the reaction photos. That kind of stuff spreads. feel like in this recruiting cycle early on, this staff's hitting a lot of the right buttons. You give them a little bit more time to settle in and start from the beginning of the recruit cycle here. You give them the next year or two, and you wait and see how this thing goes up, especially if it can translate on the field. I remain ridiculously optimistic about what the possibilities are with this football program, despite uh, what looks to be tough schedules, um, you know, not this year, next year and the following year. I still remain highly optimistic. If, if this is how business is getting conducted now at this point, um, if it can continue on that trajectory, uh, I, I am very excited for what football has on the horizon. We're going to take a little break. Don't you go anywhere. We're going to come back. We'll wrap it up. The Hammer Down Show continues. Hey, welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017 The Hammer. Dot com. It is uh, Jared Jesselis. Big thank you to Tim Bourdain for being on with us here today. Uh, he was a great interview. We'll get everything posted up like we always do. Twitter, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible, all that. It's everywhere, man. It is absolutely everywhere. Let's get to, um, get to a few of the things we may have missed. Talked a little bit earlier about this, but now after the Athletic article and... Um, now this new video from the Bring the Jews podcast. I don't know what the heck that is. It's uh, Baby Gronk and his dad, and his dad is, you know, the clips got him like, okay, hold on a second. Stop. Here's the line. You need to be saying this instead. This kid looks grossly unhappy. And, you know, his dad's getting some DMs exposed about trying to get his son on all these podcasts and all these places. I said this on Friday because I know Purdue had him out. And I'm not chastising Purdue or anything for having him out. But I, I, don't, I, don't, understand, I don't understand the need to try to turn your child into a social media sensation for, for what? Was a kid like 10 years old? Let the kid be 10. We'll spend summers going around to all these college campuses and talking about his college career and, and doing all this stuff. Let that kid play with his friends. Let him have a summer. I, I just don't get it. And, you know, maybe it's an old man yells at the cloud. But not everything needs to be a big public thing. Let the kid be a kid. Last night, uh, 
Denver rejoicing with their first ever championship. Good for them. Jokic looked like he just wanted to go home. I think he said as much too, right? But this debate came up. Is Stan Kroenke now the GOAT of professional sports owners? Because, you know, Avalanche won a cup recently. Now you got the Nuggets. Rams won a title. And everybody's talking about how great, you know, this whole thing is. Here's the thing. How much credit should you really just get as an owner? You're putting up the money. It's about everybody else is doing the work. I don't think I ever forgive him for the way that he took off from St. Louis. And then tried to leave all of his partners with the bag at the end. To go build a massive new stadium out in Los Angeles. And take the bag. A guy that already has the bag. And I need more. I was was a little bit shocked at how we're trying to make this guy like he was one of the greatest dudes in sports. And I had to be like, "Uh, is he though? Is he really? I think Arsenal fans have an opinion about him. But he does own a lot. He owns the LA Gorillas, which is a... Uh, esports team. The Gladiators is an esports team. Arsenal, LA Rams, the Colorado Mammoth, and the Colorado Rapids, who are lacrosse league and soccer teams. The Colorado Crush, which is arena football. The Nuggets, the Avalanche. I mean, where, where, where does one have the time to do anything to be given credit for what's going on? Yeah, 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 yeah. Shows up to host a title, though, doesn't he? That's going to do it for us here on the uh, Hammer Down Show. Again, big thank you to Tim Bourdain for being on with us. He is fantastic. Best of luck to those Knights as well uh, this Saturday as they look to repeat down in Victory Field. All right, we'll be back here again tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Um, it's summer, man. I don't know what's going to come up in the last second. We might have more commitments for Purdue football to talk about. We'll keep our fingers crossed here. But we are back talking local sports at 3 o'clock here on 1017 The Hammer, 1017